Know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. And it is time for us, those weekend golf guys. I would be John Ashton in studio. He would be Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave at uh, the Timbergate Golf Course up there in Edinburgh, Indiana. And we also have with us Joe Bosco. The one... The only from formerly of Chicago land, Joe oh. Bosco, now living in the sunshine in Charleston, South Carolina. Oh man, where in Charleston are you, Joe? Well, I'm. You know, I get my sense of direction isn't great here, but I am in what's called the West Ashley area, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm about thirty minutes from Kiowa, where I frequent a lot. And I do a number of things with the College of Charleston athletic programs now. So I get downtown. In fact, after this, I'm going down to work with the baseball. Team. Very cool. I, I was Patriot, I was Patriots Point. I was the first morning man at WSSX Radio in Charleston when they changed to rock and roll. I uh, worked cool. there for three years, man. I loved. I lived west of the Ashley too. I love. I was yeah. I was watching a gentleman once uh, taking a tour or giving a tour to a friend of his, and they were at the Battery, the tip of Charleston. Sure. And he yeah. said that we are standing on the face of the earth where the Ashley River and the Cooper River meet to form the Atlantic Ocean. So uh, that's the yeah. attitude. That's the attitude they have in Charleston. <laughs> to form the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. We created this whole thing. That's right. That's right. That's right. That is absolutely yeah. correct, man. You know, I have been recently have been to Charleston and Kiowa. I don't, I don't know. Recently. I don't know. It's like three, four years ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, played Patriots Point. Um, and went down and played uh, Yeamans Hall. What a fantastic trek that is! Mm. Wow, I haven't I haven't been there. I've been at the Ocean Course and some of the other great Kiwook tracks, but I haven't been to that one. That's great. No, we played Patriots Point the year it opened. That's how long oh, it's wow. been since I've wow. since I've lived there. They're the redoing 80s. some of that now, actually. Patriots Point. I hope they're filling in some of the water. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I hope they open it up more. <laughs> I think at that really cool par three right there on the on the water where you're out looking there at Fort Sumter. Yeah. And then like that's number really, 18, like 600 really yards right long or something. A long. I don't know what it is, but I can tell you what, if you didn't hit a laser beam to that thing, the wind is going to have play <laughs> yes. havoc with that ball. That is it. Well, we're going to be talking about golf in the south and the north and the east and the west and golf in general. Uh, we've got some of the best teachers. And, uh, and I understand Mr. Bosco here can mess with your head. He is a head messer. <laughs> One of those guys, um, right? My head needs exactly. some messing with, so we'll see what can happen when we come right back. Hang with us. It's going to be a great hour. We are those weekend golf guys. Don't go away. You know, if you want a good cigar, you go to a good cigar shop. You want the best cigar, you go to Famous Smoke Shop. So let Famous Smoke deliver your favorite cigars right to your doorstep at America's lowest prices. Now, Famous opened back in 1939, so that's 80 years' experience in the cigar business. And they're putting that experience to work for you, making deals on the cigars that you love, from affordable everyday smokes to your favorite cigars right on the course to high-end luxury cigars for your next special occasion. And here's an exclusive offer just for our listeners. You take $20 off your purchase of $100 or more when you use the promo code GOLF20. That's GOLF20. Go to famous-smoke.com slash golfguys and click the activate button to apply the promo code. You can pick from more than a 1,000 cigar brands. They're all fresh and ready to ship from Famous Smoke's climate-controlled 24,000-square-foot humidor. 
So check out with the promo code GOLF20. That's famous-smoke.com slash golfguys. Stunning. You don't have to hit a shot to fall in love with the Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses at French Lake Resort. Our hotel and golf packages are the way to go. Add the casino and spas, and it's a road trip for the memory book. Safely get back to the game you love with one of the packages found online at FrenchLick.com. Legendary golf at French Lick Resort. A breath of fresh air. Must be 21 to enter casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. You can't argue with the fact that you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Which is why Club Champion carries every option for every golfer. You won't miss out on the perfect fit. Over 45,000 hittable head and shaft combinations from the best brands in golf. Factors like length, weight, flex, and more are just as important to a custom fit game as the club head, and they will all be addressed in your tour-level fitting at Club Champion. Schedule your fitting at clubchampiongolf.com. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golfguys. And thanks for hanging. We are back. I'm John Ashton in studio. He is Jeff Smith, number one golf instructor in the state of Indiana, and he hangs his hat at the Timbergate Golf Course at the moment, Edinburgh, Indiana. And at the Sagamore Club in Noblesville, Indiana. He has two hats. You know what? That's the best part is when I just drive between the two, I just take one off, put the other one on, I'm good to go. <laughs> yeah, it changes the logo, shirt, and, and anything, too. So anyhow, we have a guest with us, too, Joe Bosco. Uh, resident of the beautiful Charleston, South Carolina. Miss that town big time, but it's great for golf year round. When we got there, I didn't play golf a whole lot, you know, played maybe once every month or so. My second day on the air, the head of the Charleston City Golf Courses called up. We were like the first rock station ever in town and everybody was real excited about us. And he asked me if I played golf and I, I said, yeah, yeah, sure. So he said, hey, anytime you want to come out, man. So I was playing golf. I get off the air at 10. I was playing golf three, four times a week. I got out actually good. No substitute for the, the playing the game. Over and over and over again. And um, without any instruction, because I don't need to take a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> not, not only did my scores improve, but all my, my bad habits were well ingrained. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Joe, let me ask you, what's it like to go from a, a seasonal climate in Chicago to a seasonally perfect climate in Charleston, South Carolina, where you get to play golf 12 months a year down there, make you busy the entire time? As you know, I've shifted a little bit my focus from mostly golf to all different uh, sports as well as golf. Sure. But from the standpoint of, uh, you know, I put long pants on for the first time in... <laughs> Well, uh, eight months. Just the other day to go to a, a, a service for a friend of mine I had to go to. And I was like, wow, this is weird to wear, <laughs> to wear long pants. And, and I will tell you, as we know in our profession, Jeff, you know, a lot of times you're not allowed to wear shorts ever. Yeah, I know. I don't own any. So, right. Exactly. Yeah, well, with your and legs, Jeff, I wouldn't bother anyhow. Well, that's the point. <laughs> One begets the other, doesn't it? And so in Chicago, of course, you know, the weather is even more severe than it is where you're at. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't used to having a tan on my legs. So it is strange. It is. It really is strange. I've been to the beach a couple times. And since I don't own any shorts, I was that guy with the rolled up pants up to his, his, you know, his, mm, his calves. Good luck. Rolling on the beach. Right. And, and had these gleaming white little sticks out underneath them. Mm. And uh, I sat there and had this moment of jealousy. Like before I got in the golf business, I uh, saw the sun on my legs. How, how about the culture shock, Joe? 
Because I know when, when I first moved there, you know, I'm a boy who grew up in New England, okay? One of the first times I went out to play golf in Charleston, I was playing by myself, and they hooked us up with, with uh, another gentleman, older gentleman. And uh, I, I had a bad slice at that time. And I hit one way out of bounds uh, over into a marshy area. And I asked the guy I was playing with, I said, sir, did you see where that ball went? And he said, yes, son, I did. It's right over there next to that alligator. I had never <laughs> seen an alligator in the, in, in the wild before in my life. I freaked out. It was like, okay. <laughs> Joe, I, I got to tell you, the operative word in that story or words in that story were at that time. <laughs> we mentioned I had a bad slice, and he said at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> From a culture standpoint, people down here are at least to your face wonderful, oh, yeah. kind. That southern yes. hospitality concept rings true, at least so far in my experience. Yes, you definitely great people. Has, has anybody said "bless your heart" <laughs> to you? <laughs> Because if they do, <laughs> that's not kind. <laughs> that's that's the that's the disclaimer that they can say anything they want prior to or just after. Yeah, <laughs> that gets thrown in the conversation. Yeah, exactly. No, they they know you. It's as if they knew you their your whole life. I was in a store last night, and and woman was behind the counter, and she's like, "Okay, sweetheart, is that all you?" You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. "There you go." Yep, mm-hmm. that's right. Nice Everybody stuff. is so friendly, so nice. And, uh, you know, my, my parents, like I said, they grew up in Boston. When they came to visit me, my, my mother's reaction was basically that Charleston is the same city as Boston, but a hundred years ago. Even the accent is similar. It's, it's, it's a New England accent with a Southern drawl added to it. Really is. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it they, is really a char- place. The downtown historic Charleston district is fabulous. Oh, yeah. And then, and then they went and spent the, a weekend at Kiowa, or as my mother mm-hmm. would say, Kiowa Island. I go down to Kiowa quite a bit uh, during this whole pandemic thing. I was shut down from some of the things I was doing on a regular basis. And so I had to keep myself busy. Mm, yeah. I hopped in the car with a bike and drove down to Kiowa. It's about a 35 minute drive. Mm-hmm. And I would jump on the beach and ride my bike on the beach and, and settle down and uh, read, listen to podcasts, do some of my remote client work on the phone right in front of the ocean with the ocean course or one of those great golf courses in the yeah. background. Even just if you're not playing, just visually, it's impressive being down there. Never been a beach guy ever until now. Living living close to a beach makes you a beach guy. You can see being in Chicago, why would you be a beach guy? Because you ain't got no beaches. Well, I, I, lived, I lived a block and a half from Lake Michigan, which is more like a small ocean. The beaches were there, but yeah. it being, you know, no yeah. one... As Jeff knows, when you're in golf, you know, if it's nice out, you're not near the beach. No, not at all. <laughs> no. And the thing just not, a, not at all. Think about playing golf, like you said, in Charleston, you can play seven days a week, 12 months out of the year, except for the hours of four to four forty five when it rains. And then <laughs> and then, you know, it's just yeah. back out there again. So just, you know, right. make, make arrangements to be somewhere else for that hour or so and you'll be fine. One of the things that Joe does is um, he messes with your mind, as as we have alluded to earlier kind of a psychological aspect to not only this game, but as he just said, other games, you work with uh, athletes and, and participants in other sports, also both uh, professional collegiate recreational. One of the things I want to talk about, because it's something that, that I do. And I think every recreational golfer in the world does. Here's the scenario. You're having a great round, fantastic round, and you're on maybe fifth hole number 15 and you're feeling great. And you go to the scorecard and you see and you start adding it up and you say to yourself, oh, my goodness, I have three holes left. I can break 80. I can break 70. And, you know, whatever your number is, 
what you've basically just done is guaranteed that you're going to have double or triple bogeys all the way out <laughs> for the rest of the round. Why is that? And can you help us overcome that? The answer, the second, the answer, the second part is I can help and I'll make sure we have some strategies that the listeners can, can implement okay. when they face. And uh, it, it, the reason for it, we know a lot more about that now in the world of brain science and research over the last decade or so, there's been such strides in this area. Human performance labs at so many prestigious universities in this country and around the world have been asking that question and do, taking the time to do the research and test people under pressure to figure out why and wait, why we choke when we do mm-hmm. and what can we do to overcome it. The short answer, I think that I think people would recognize, and I always make this analogy when I when I talk to individuals and groups. Everybody, just about everybody, drives a car, and usually we're doing it, you know, frequently every day, uh, mostly. Think of the all the mechanical necessities, movements, and and timings that we have to orchestrate in order to drive safely in and around traffic and with speeds. And with consequences that can be pretty dire if we make mistakes. Right. So it's a pretty significant cognitive and physiological combination, body-mind activity, that uh, that we engage in. And how often do we think of the mechanics of it? And how often do we think about the bad consequences or the good consequences of anything? We might get a little bit uh, aggravated with traffic and other drivers and things. But generally speaking, you do it mm-hmm. and you don't think about it. Yeah. However... The analogy that seems to start to open the door to this question that you ask is you're driving along. You may be thinking about anything else. You may be talking to somebody else. You may be illegally looking at your phone here and there, all that, and driving just fine. And then you notice a cop in the rearview mirror or somewhere, and everything changes, doesn't it? (laughs) And our minds start to question, are we doing what we're doing? Mm -hmm. To me, that's the recognition. That's like, oh. I'm I'm playing good and I could maybe do this, that, the other. And now you've become self-conscious, self-aware, and your outcome focus is like, if I could just do this. So in a, in a simple way, I would say to you, what's really going on, you've become too thoughtful about what you're doing and what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You're thinking about the future instead of staying in the present. Right. And that's the road to ruin in a lot of athletic endeavors. Certainly is. And that, that analogy of, of driving with a cop right behind you is phenomenal. I've never thought of it that way before. Let's explore that a little more deeply when we come right back because we're going to do that. Hang with us. We are those weekend golf guys. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golf guys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us. We'd love it even more if you'd go there and follow us. And you want to make us real happy, just go there and interact with us. Facebook.com slash golf guys. You know, Jeff and I were just talking about how much golf has increased because of COVID-19. You know what else has increased? Cybercrime. It's up 75%. But wait, it gets worse. The legal title to all of our homes are online now, too. And the crime is called home title theft, and it's everywhere. You see, cybercriminals find the title to your home online. They forge your signature on a quick claim deed. Then they refile as the new owner of your home. You're off the title. They destroy you by taking out loans against your home. They steal the cash. They stick you with the payments. 
and you may not even know about it till you get late payment or even a foreclosure notice. Home Title Lock protects your home's legal title. Your home is your most valuable asset, your safe haven. Home Title Lock puts a virtual barrier around your home's title. The instant they detect tampering, they shut it down. First things first, go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim. Then use code RADIO for 30 free days of protection. That's code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. You know, if you want a good cigar, you go to a good cigar shop. You want the best cigar, you go to Famous Smoke Shop. So let Famous Smoke deliver your favorite cigars right to your doorstep at America's lowest prices. Now, Famous opened back in 1939, so that's 80 years' experience in the cigar business. And they're putting that experience to work for you, making deals on the cigars that you love, from affordable everyday smokes to your favorite cigars right on the course to high-end luxury cigars for your next special occasion. And here's an exclusive offer just for our listeners. You take $20 off your purchase of $100 or more when you use the promo code GOLF20. That's GOLF20. Go to famous-smoke.com slash golfguys and click the activate button to apply the promo code. You can pick from more than a 1,000 cigar brands. They're all fresh and ready to ship from Famous Smoke's climate-controlled 24,000-square-foot humidor. So check out with the promo code GOLF20. That's famous-smoke.com slash golfguys. Those weekend golf guys, yeah, it's us. John Ashton in the studio, Jeff Smith, Golf Cave, Timbergate Golf Course, and, uh, and Joe Bosco with us. One of Jeff's uh, golf instructor compatriots and also a, uh, a psychological uh, guru kind of guy. I mean, not quite Dr. Phil, but, you know. What can well, I say? <laughs> it's got the same <laughs> hairstyle, you know, but there we go. That's right. Look, no shampoo for me. Right. <laughs> Works out great. You know, you, you said like something. 20 bucks a year. <laughs> At least. That's right. And time. And time. But you no said something dryer. during the break, Joe, that I, I found to be quite, quite meaningful. And you were talking about how when you ask people, well, why don't you do that, sir? You ask people in a, in a group how much of the game they think is mental? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I was with a, a group of uh, athletes the other day, and I said, hey, hey, raise your hand if you think that the game of, of golf for you, when you play it at whatever competitive level you are, if you feel like it, there's a percentage of your game that's mental, and then if you're willing to tell me what percentage that is. And I have a whiteboard at the time, and, and, and so I get people calling out 100%, 200%, 90%, <laughs> 70 80 and then every now and then there's somebody 50 percent almost never does anybody say less than 50 okay so i've done this so many times that whether it's individuals or groups they say it comes out some somewhere between 78 percent is usually the average what people say from from athletes themselves what about coaches same thing wow yeah so so then i asked them okay you have been in your own world as a golfer, you've been trying to do the best you can each and every time you've sought some help either through the internet or through tapping people like Jeff or other golf professionals. Yes. And you've taken instruction mm -hmm. and it's been on full swing. Yeah. Putting maybe not so much. Some short game, some, okay, good. How much raise your hand. If you've had any instruction and I mean, real lessons in the mental approach. Almost never does a hand go up. I can understand that. Thousands of people. Yeah. And so I said, well, you just got finished saying that it's this. The, the mental game is this percentage of you. Right. 
and you're not doing something about it, that may be the disconnect that you're frustrated so much about. I have some some conversation with a lot of my students. Uh, seemingly, the difference between the mental aspect and the emotional aspect of this, because there's a difference where I see how people react emotionally versus make, let's say, strategic mental choices. How are you making a difference between when you have a conversation with with golfers and athletes? How how the emotional and the and the strategic mental cognitive aspect of it how are you differentiating with that with them so you know you raise a this is a fascinating part of the subject because it is so difficult for people to downplay their emotions and their judgments while they're up playing their decision to focus on some mental aspects it's a very difficult area for a lot of people to separate but what i often say is this I say, look we all are training ourselves all our lives to emotionally spin whatever it is that we're aware of we tend to do that our minds tend to create stories around everything and i said and some of that's required because there are certain things that we wouldn't be able to understand otherwise. We have to come up with some meaning behind it. But I will tell you that oftentimes it is that judgment that leads to an emotional up or down that does not help. It, it, it ends up feeding a story. And I'll go back to this. Whenever you're really emotional about something, there's physiological changes in your body. That, that are triggered without necessarily you even knowing it. Heart rate goes up, brainwave activity, activity increases, our breathing becomes less productive and more shallow, therefore oxygenation is not you know, flowing through the body. That's one aspect. And the other aspect is that that thought process that is highly emotionally charged interrupts a, a true physiological process in the brain that allows what we'll call fluid motion or athleticism to flow out. And so I always say this, Jeff, if you are having any kind of conversation with yourself, whether it is an emotionally charged conversation or you're trying to do such a good job of thinking all the good thoughts that you think you need to think in order to perform, again, both cases, cops up, cops showing up, you're, you're now going to suspend your best coordinated ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's you know, yeah. we know that's that's now proven in science. It's not just subjective. It's not just the psychology of well, we pretty much think this, and we know this now, which is a, a big advance. You know, sometimes I get to the golf course with some of my players, and you've done this hundreds of thousands of times, Joe, where you go out and you throw a ball into a situation that the player you know is going to hit into that situation. Right. And, you know, it, it's amazing to me. And, I, and I, I always point this out afterwards, but how logical and what decision making process they go through and how easy that is for them to be not emotionally attached because I threw the ball there. I'm the one who threw it in the rough behind the tree. I'm the one that stuck it in the lip of that bunker. I'm the one that stepped on it in the thick rough. They didn't hit it there, so the the emotions aren't there. 
And all of a sudden there's a huge difference in how they play versus how they play when their emotions are all stirred up because mm -hmm. it's inhibiting. It's a, it's a difference maker. I, John, I would, you know what I'm saying? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, cause you're, you, you walk up there and you're, you're ticked off at yourself for doing it in the first place. Yeah. Right. And then you're all nervous about being able to get it out. And if there's anybody watching you, you're nervous about making a fool of yourself in front of people who are watching you. I mean, there's all, all kinds of things that come into play there that don't come into play when you're walking up with an instructor who's going to show you how to do this and they put the ball there and now all you have to do is follow his instructions. Big difference. Yeah. And, and in that environment, it's, it's a scrimmage versus real, right? Mm -hmm. You put them in a position now they oh, – Okay, they know that they've got a chance to do this, but they're not – they know also that if they hit this well or not, it's not going to count for a score at the moment. It's, you know, it's something else. It's a play that can be run and then stopped and then we can try it again. Mm -hmm. Whereas when we're playing for real, we tend to you – know, yeah. we, we, we're so close to knowing that if we miss this now, uh-oh, now I'm going to go from bad to worst. So what you've just said – Joe, is the reason that teachers like us, when we go to the golf course with our students, we take the next step. It's that transition phase of teaching. John, you've just said, yeah, but I know it's the same. I'm just following your instructions, Jeff, on how to hit this shot out of this lie. And Joe just said, hey, guess what? It's not the same. Well, we all know it's not the same. So there's, there's that thing that Joe and I do on the golf course is we create a scenario that tries to get closer to the scenario that they put themselves in in competition or when it matters to them. For example, maybe it's not competition per se. Maybe it's not a tournament. Maybe it's not a, a score, but maybe it's they've got a bet going with the other guy. Or, John, right. what you've said is, um, you know, I don't want to screw up in front of somebody else. Right. And so Joe and I's job is to create some sort of practice scenario that we can create that elicits those emotions if we can do it. Mm -hmm. It's tough to it's tough to come up with for some people, right? It is. You and almost got to find out what they care about and why they're there in order for mm -hmm. us to to get into that. That's right. And then what do they do? What can they systematically train? Just like any of the mechanics, how do we we talk a lot about? And and I think instructors often know how important a routine is in yeah. golf. Mm -hmm. And I believe golfers, the weekend warriors and everybody else in between has heard this. And yet, you know, do they really take them through a routine that not only has a resemblance of a physical habit of what they do, but also what's going on in here when they do it? Yeah, that's the that's kind of like that's the area that I jump into with athletes and it is fascinating. I always say to them, what if we had this uh, wireless printer that was connected to your thoughts that could like a transcript just output after you've gone through one moment or a minute and could we go rip it off and look at it together? And that's the, that's the image I create with it. And I'll tell you what. Could we rip it off and look at it together and actually put it on the air? That would be a whole different <laughs> yeah, question. Probably not. Exactly. Exactly. But, but getting back to the, to the routine thing, I, I know I, I have done this myself and I have seen other people do it. And I imagine the thought processes are the same. Sometimes for one reason or another, you, you just jump on in and you don't go through your, your normal routine. And I have had negative thoughts going through my head during a swing going, 
I didn't set up correctly for this. This is going to suck. And lo and behold, and it congratulations, does. Nostradamus. <laughs> well done. I have predicted it very effectively. Okay. Um, yeah, exactly. But it's, it's just so frightening what your mind can do. I mean, even if you're sitting at a, on a tee on a par three with water in front of you and you say to yourself, don't put it in the water, that's, that's not, that's not going to work. <laughs> Chances are pretty good that that ball is going to one way or the other go right into the water. Because you yeah, set yourself up to do that. Go in the water or it'll do the opposite, right? Because you'll make sure not to do that so you'll swing the other side. Right. And, yeah. And when we come right back, it's almost time for us to take a break here. But when one of the things you said, Joe, that, that triggered a question in my mind is when, when you come upon a a negative thought or, or something in your head that's going to impede what you do, in your training, do you teach people how to overcome it or how to ignore it? I'll look forward to addressing that when we're when we're come back. Sounds great. See, I like it when I ask questions and people think about the answer because that means you know we're all going to learn something. Even Jeff, you know, here's here's the fun part about that, John. Was that he wants to ignore the question because you asked it? Right? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he knows he better not. So he's like, okay, I got to stall now. You've, That's what you've, you've set him up. All right. Well, whether he wants to answer it or not, he's going to when we come right back. Hang with us. We are those weekend golf guys. You know, Jeff and I were just talking about how much golf has increased because of COVID-19. You know what else has increased? Cybercrime. It's up 75%. But wait, it gets worse. The legal title to all of our homes are online now, too. And the crime is called home title theft, and it's everywhere. You see, cyber criminals find the title to your home online. They forge your signature on a quick claim deed. Then they refile as the new owner of your home. You're off the title. They destroy you by taking out loans against your home. They steal the cash. They stick you with the payments. And you may not even know about it till you get late payment or even a foreclosure notice. Home Title Lock protects your home's legal title. Your home is your most valuable asset, your safe haven. Home Title Lock puts a virtual barrier around your home's title. The instant they detect tampering, they shut it down. First things first, go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim. Then use code RADIO for 30 free days of protection. That's code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com. And we're back, those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith, our guest, Joe Bosco, golf professional. You call yourself a, a sports or, or a performance coach? Performance coach. coach. Hypno, I'm a hypnotherapist, performance coach. Huh. I help people uh, take whatever they're trying to get better at when they know they've got the skills and they really want to apply them when it matters. Mm-hmm. I help them get there. Can you hypnotize me into a better golf game? I, I've been known to do that. That's <laughs> part of the process, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hypnosis is a fascinating subject all by itself, but. You know, it's not so foreign as people may think it is, and it's not as swami the way it can be applied. Mm-hmm. But but that's that's helping people learn actually how to hip, do do forms of self hypnosis is really where that ends okay. up. So. When you're faced with uh, with a situation where you have a, a student slash client whatever that has a mental problem, do you teach them how to overcome it or how to ignore it? The best way I could say that is overcoming it is ultimately trying to understand what's really going on Mm -hmm. and not avoiding is, I would say, the level that I like to get to with people. Now, there are ways to change your mind into some other focus when you start to recognize. So that would be replacing. And then there are ways to handle it straight on. 
Okay. But and so learning how to minimize it, melt it away, quiet it down. Those are techniques that we use. I use on a regular basis. So your approach to the to the mental aspect is similar to Jeff's approach to the physical aspect. Then you 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 use what is already going on in a person's head to determine how to overcome the problem they're having. There's no doubt about it. Okay. Very cool. You know, we work with what we have to work with, and we, yeah. we have to start there. Yeah. Those are our parameters. This person is this person, and we got to figure out how to make this person perform better as soon as we can. And you know, it never seems to happen by trying to make them become someone else. So aptly put, because uh, in a lot of different psychological modeling and, and profilings that you can do, and there's so many of them in golf and many other places, you're trying to figure out, well, who you really are at your core and your essence. And, you know, know thyself is mm-hmm. a pretty interesting ball of wax all by itself. How many times do we try to act more serious in a bigger money match or whatever it might be. So we start to be more stoic, more serious, in some cases more sobering versus more enthusiastic, more jovial. And when we change to try to be something that's not our our normal default, rarely do we play as well. I have watched many times that this sort of thing just changes. Because when I watch someone freewheeling, boy, that guy's hard to beat. When all of a sudden it's, he's assigned some value to it that is different, all of a sudden the behavior is different. The shot choices are different. The golf swing certainly looks different. The conversation in his mind is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Case in point, Jeff, what is our conversation with guests normally prior to recording? We're here yeah. to have fun. We don't want anybody to be all uptight, to try to be right. super Super sobering, like you, you said, Joe, super, super serious about the whole thing is to have fun, be entertaining. You haven't given us any information that you would not have given us. I mean, your information has been as important as it would have been if this was a very professional, let's talk psychology kind of talk. But we're not psychology today. We're those weekend golf guys. And, you know, we're here to have fun. And in the, in the whole aspect of having fun, the conversation has been basically the same. Or at least the information has been the same. Exactly, and that's I've always uh, you know recognized that you know experts that that I pay attention to and things they they know their subject, mm-hmm. but they're just not necessarily really in tune with uh, delivering the message that is understandable. Our our responsibility as experts is to gauge it and feed it or transmit it in an understandable way and make sure that they are understanding it. Just to be smart about it and to say, well, this, that, the other, and then walk away and say, just follow that. Like I always say, say to people, well, you probably, if you, if you studied anything about the mind in sports and athletics and golf, you've heard this concept bandied about called acceptance. Well, what does that mean? It actually feeds into our conversation about results. Hey, you did that. You can either decide to be aggravated and or scared about the next one, or, oh my gosh, my round is unraveling before my eyes. Or I should never miss a shot like that, right, Jeff? All those things? Uh, yeah, I should never miss a three-footer. Well, yeah, but the best in the world mm-hmm. will. It can happen. Yeah. What, what, do you, what do you do about it now? So, yeah, trying to be smart doesn't work. What about personality? I would imagine that the introvert and the extrovert react differently, and you have to approach them differently, even though they may have the same basic type of problem with it. I know you guys tend to want to talk uh, about just the average golfer, but a lot of average golfers, and many perhaps who are listening, know the personalities of some of these tour players, especially the older ones. I, you know, mm-hmm. I think immediately of Lee Trevino and you have Nicholas and totally give opposite to your point about personalities. Trevino couldn't do what he did if he was quiet, 
never, you know, completely within himself. And mm-hmm. he was a boisterous guy. He needed that. That was his outlet. That was him right. that allowed him to then deal with all the things that might go on and then zoom in and hit a shot and then come back and play with the, the audience. Nicholas. Yeah, he was a different guy. He was, he was a guy that was, looked like, you know, and, and I've been in some, some of the galleries with where Nicholas was playing. He blocked out everything. He'd, he'd walk through that stream of people between holes and, you know, it wasn't always head down, never look at somebody. But man, when he was looking up, it was purposeful. There was there was no giddiness. It was just game on. Yeah, he was, was in his own world, his own trance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was not engaging to people outside very often. That's who he was. Right, right. Everybody's different, though, John. And that's, again, back to know thyself. How are you best able? You know, we aren't always one way. No, but it, it would be nice to know kind of where we're best and where we feel we can be ourselves and comfortable. The performance coach, as, as you are, can easily recognize those and, and deal with them accordingly. Some easier than others. Yeah. Because there's people who wear all kinds of masks and veils. That's true. But yes, yeah. that's that's a big part of reading who somebody is through what they tell me. And what's been fascinating, and I think this is fascinating through this whole COVID thing, is getting to know people without meeting them face-to-face really been a, a wonderful and interesting experience about this whole concept of remote learning, distance learning. I'm surprised at how effective you can be, but how you really have to pay attention to certain things, yeah. intonations yeah. and things like that when you're just on the phone, and then, of course, facial expressions and how people laugh and their timings and tone. Yeah, and the rest of the body language is basically removed that you would normally have in a face-to-face scenario. Exactly. I find that to be so true in, in some of these, you know, like you said, Joe, in this COVID scenario that we've been dealing with, you know, there's a lot of webinars. You know, it, it's interesting to me, there's even a difference of the people who decide to throw up an avatar for the whole thing versus the people that are putting up their their own, their, it's a live shot. Makes me wonder how engaged they really are. So it, it's interesting how we read our students, we read the golfer when they're in front of us. We read anybody who's trying to get somewhere in their in their in their life here. We find out through all the 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 physical interaction that we have, we can read bodies. But now we're sitting here looking through a computer and all we get is a torso and up and we may be able to read the same things and we may not. They may be hiding some things. Maybe they're, you know, stoic in their face, um, or maybe they've got happy hands. Um, or maybe John, in your case, maybe maybe people are, are out there doing you know bad hand gestures while <laughs> smiling at you. You know, it's very possible. Yes, to yes. have that. So you you don't know, but it, it's interesting how we learn and how other people are going to perform based on how their their personality is. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how that yeah. is. I, and also the person the personality of of the coach too, because I imagine Joe, I'm going to ask you flat out when you when you deal one on one with a client, do you like laugh at them? I, I like to say I laugh with them, although mm. I may be laughing at them without saying okay, You the guys, are, you guys is, are all alike. <laughs> yeah, John has heard me often, Joe, is the, the trick is to get the student laughing so we can all laugh together. <laughs> right. I'm not I don't laughing. like to say the joke's on you, but oftentimes it is. Right? <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing next to you. That's, yeah, right. that's exactly it. All right. I think directly in your direction. Any exercises real quick that that you could maybe give somebody to help them maintain a little mental stability while they're playing? You bet. Uh, There are are a number of primer things that I think are, if 
foundational to what I, I do when I start to work with anybody to give them a little bit of a taste of something that they can start to work on. Remembering this about all this stuff, I'll, 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 I'll give you a summary in a minute. Sure. Any of this stuff is a stepping stone into digging into it over time to create better habits. You know, we are always going to default to the preparation and the training we went to mm-hmm. at the pressure. So, for instance, uh, the first thing I lead with almost exclusively uh, with individual players of any level is a breathing, a breathing protocol. And I'm sure you've all, everybody has heard, oh, yeah, there's breathing exercises and things like that. But who who does them on a regular basis? Mm, No one. And and most people don't. So my first thing, if somebody wants to try out some of this stuff, the next time they're going out to play and practice, the first thing is, well, let's start to exercise a breathing pattern. Why? Well, if we start doing a certain breathing pattern that's slower and deeper, and we do it nasally, both in and out, which is different than most people are trained to breathe, Mm -hmm. you will learn how to very effectively and consistently lower your heart rate, and then your brainwave activity, and you will trigger not only the production, but the infusion of nitric oxide that is produced in the back of the nasal cavity, Mm -hmm. that when you breathe it in through the nose and out through the nose, your lungs will then take it in, and it acts as a, a neurotransmitter enhancer. And it also increases oxygenation throughout the body, which leads to better coordination of the extremities. Hands mm. and feet are pretty important in golf, wouldn't you say, Jeff? Most of the time, I like <laughs> both. Uh, yeah. Hands are certainly preferable <laughs> for steering that golf ball, right? Right. So, uh, and and so and, and so, there's physiological direct effects, and the mental part, slowing that brainwave activity down enough that you may be a little less thinking and a little less emotional mm-hmm. gives you a better chance to now execute from an athletic coordinated standpoint. Wow. So the breathing technique that I prescribe most often, I didn't invent this one, but uh, I do a number of breathing training mm-hmm. techniques, but here's the one I leave with. It's called four, seven, eight. And it's basically a pattern. You breathe in to a slow count through the nose, inhale, slow count of four until you've completely filled your lungs best you can. Then you hold it for a count of seven. And then you breathe it out, if you can, through the nose, to a slow count of eight. Really? And then you repeat that cycle, hoping to... By the time you're done with that last count of eight, you want to have completely emptied your lungs more so than you normally do. And you'll Mm -hmm. know what what I mean as you try this. Mm -hmm. And then... You pause a little bit, and then you do the same cycle again. And if you did that cycle four, seven, eight, really earnestly and completely with your awareness for about three to five cycles, two things will happen. One, you may feel lightheaded the first few times you do it. (laughs) But don't do it while you're driving a car the first time. (laughs) Secondly, you will feel different mentally and physically. From head to toe, you will feel slightly different. Wow. Interesting. And you will have slowed your brain down, Mm -hmm. your heart rate, and your breathing pattern. 
and your mind will be clearer. It's huge, Damn. powerful. That did you hear his it, voice change when he did that, John? Yes, John. That's yes. the Hypno Joe right there. <laughs> hypno Joe, gonna, there you go. Hypno Joe is coming. <laughs> Maybe we can all get hypnotized in a little bit here. But that, I mean, that that breathing technique right there in itself definitely worth the cost of admission for the show today. It's a it's a game changer. It definitely sure. is. Joe, would you uh, would you uh, recommend that to John if he? But I think what he's got to do, he's got to do something about that filter on his nose. Yeah, That's he's right. got this. Here we go with the mustache thing again. We'll be right back. Hang out with us. I got to take care of this guy. Don't go. Stunning. You don't have to hit a shot to fall in love with the Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses at French Lake Resort. Our hotel and golf packages are the way to go. Add the casino and spas, and it's a road trip for the memory book. Safely get back to the game you love with one of the packages found online at FrenchLick.com. Legendary golf at French Lake Resort. A breath of fresh air. Must be 21 to enter casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. We're back. Those Weekend Golf Guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. Joe Bosco just taught us how to breathe. In all this time, you thought you knew how to breathe. But no. No, no, no. You were just going through the motions. Really true, actually, to be quite honest. Most people are mouth breathers. Very unproductive. So if we start doing that nasal breathing, I'm telling mm-hmm. you, there's so many benefits from it. And is it any wonder that people who are uh, coming out of surgeries and they're stuck in the hospital, they have those breathing uh, apparatus, they're plastic yeah. things where you breathe into and try to hold the ball up mm-hmm. to a certain degree? Yeah. Well, that's because the importance of exercising our lungs. Yeah. It's one of the biggest reasons exercise is so important, not just because it, it repeatedly fires the muscles of the legs if you're actually, but because it creates that cardiovascular motion and mm-hmm. through the system. The other thing about that breathing exercise is if you're paying attention to that, it's a form of active meditation. Wow. Because you're only focused on that. Yeah, that's true. Now your mind isn't in the future or in the past or worrying about what you're going to have for dinner or whatever it might be, or the next shot. How does, how do our listeners find you and, and how do they contact you? This is that like, Let's do a little shameless self-promotion of Joe Bosco. <laughs> so I, I'm easily reachable uh, on my email, joeboscogolf at gmail.com. And if somebody sends me an email and says, hey, I've heard about you, I do a, an initial free uh, evaluation call, you know, a consultation, find out a little bit more to decide if we want to work together. And I have different ways that people can start to work with me. That's the best way. Uh, my phone number uh, is something people can text me on or call me on as well. And that's 847-826-0045. But I work with people all around the country and uh, you don't have to be close by to go through this stuff. It's really fun to do. I just love doing it. And I think it would be fun to to be on the other side of that too. You need to be hypnotized. Get, yeah. Well, yeah. Just, you know, learn, learn some of this stuff. In the cart between shots now, I'm just going to be breathing through the nose. One, two, three. And, and, and you know, there are so many things that, end up being pretty easy to start to do like mm-hmm. that. There's so many of those little things you can do. And the fun thing about it is, is that nobody necessarily needs to know you're doing it. So it really is one of those things that is not, uh, you don't have to draw a lot of uh, awareness to yourself. You don't uh, have to be self-conscious about this stuff. And you're training the mind. It's all really inside of you. As, as the sign says, keep calm and play better golf. Amen. All right. 
Check out Mr. Joe Bosco at uh, joeboscogolf at gmail.com. His phone number, we'll have it for you uh, on the website and the Facebook page, being thoseweekendgolfguys.com or facebook.com slash golfguys. You miss a show, hey, you've missed a lot. You can check it out anytime at thoseweekendgolfguys.com. So learn how to breathe, clear your mind, and just go play some golf. 